Hello folks, Teachable Moments here. This is Nova the Hollerback, and I do want to give a disclaimer. And it's a very important disclaimer, and it's a disclaimer that I will be using after the specials concerning all these particular things, except in very special cases. And I do mean very special cases. I'm not saying this is a special case, but I just want to let you know on that disclaimer. Now, you have seen on Twitter about Sagittarius time, this bullshit from this chick crack, okay, of astrology. The reason why Roald Tomasi mentioned that it is chick crack because if throughout history, women were the first particular uh, leaders of religion. And it is shown throughout history that this is the case. What I am trying to espouse here and trying to explain as we're going to do this specials and unpack everything that is going on. And when we do the first episode called the truth and the truth that will not, that has not been told is that we're going to showcase the reasons why a lot of women go towards psych astrology and all the rest of it. But in this particular case, I want you to mention this disclaimer. The disclaimer is this deals with, in the mainstream terms, chick crack. This is only for entertainment purposes only in certain, in this particular case. But in this particular case, it's a little bit more serious. And I'm going to explain all of it today on why I'm doing this and why certain things have, are building up to this particular place as it were, and why we're gonna do more of the explanation at part one of our specials dealing with Rollo Tomasi's fourth book, Religion and the Red Pill, dealing with the truth, the truth that we should, that have not been told. So I just wanna let y'all guys know about that but I want to get to uh, John Michael Greer and the fact that he was on the recent PBS. Well, actually, it was done in 2016, but it's recent because it was on an independent lens. The recent uh, independent lens of documentary concerning Pepe the Frog called It Feels Good Man. And he was a significant part of this particular um, uh, documentary. He has a website called echosophia.net and he talks a lot about occultism. And it talks about a lot of the history of occultism as it were. And in one particular sense, he I feel as though that he is not a part of this chick crack nonsense that a lot of people showcase. Because in many cases, he has the historical background in understanding how a lot of Tolkien's works were influenced by Madame Vavlowski in certain ways that they don't want to say in the official works because Black of Vavlowski's mistakes with Christian Murdy and the whole Nazi issues and all that, which Tolkien was vehemently against, was vehemently against, but in the earlier times of that, he tried to reconcile all the things he learned as a teenager and all that, into the books of the Lord of the Rings. Um, he mentions aspects of Dion Fortune, 
which um, I don't think Michael Tessarian has mentioned a lot in his works in, with occultism because I know he's more into psychology, not so much into occultism as to as to it, but um, the unfortunate into Michael John Greer to John Michael Greer is one of the most important women in the history of the world concerning uh, occultism and a whole lot of it. So is Madame Bavatsky, but Madame Bavatsky also has some things that um, Tessarian and many others in that particular era says that she is one of the most important women in the history of this planet. She is, she is, she may be even the most important, one of the most important, one in two. The other one is Anne Rand, according to Michael Tessarian. I believe somewhat is true, but I tend to give it like, it's a completely different thing with me. I don't do less like that about great women and all the rest of it. That's not my thing. That's not, we don't put less. But there are some important things that this woman did and uh, Anne Rand did in that particular sense. Yes, but we have to understand the background and the disaster that happened to both of them to really begin to understand why a lot of their movements ended the way they did. And it's connected to what Rolla Tomasi did. It's talking about with the hindbrain of women and all the rest of it, which... Tessarian is starting to talk about in the Dragon Mother. We're going to put all this together in the first episode of the special. But now, one of the reasons why we're doing astrology is because if you're in the Red Pill and the Red Pill community and you were listening to Roll Tomasi's uh, uh, um, uh, Red Praxis talks, uh, they were talking about astrology and said, look at it, it's fun, that sort of thing. Okay, so I looked at it. So there's this astrology podcast with these three people. I don't know their names offhand at this particular time, but they were talking about the elections astrology, all these other types of astrology, how the year was going to go, and all the rest of these things, because a lot of people, a lot of women are into this. Uh, I don't want to uh, 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 um, jump the ghost here, to coin a phrase, but I am going to say on the first episode, somewhere around the middle of the specials that I'm planning to do, the first religion all women have is astrology. They don't believe in Catholicism until they take the chrism on their heads at six years old. The first astrology, the first religion they believe in is the stars. And it sticks with them and they use it in Catholicism. Go look at any Catholic, Hispanic Catholic entity and Walter Mercado at a day. If you were male, and you interrupt it. I'm talking about those people that are around millennial, early millennial, all Gen X, and the major and the majority of a baby boomer. If you were Latino in America, and you interrupted your mama, your aunt, your sister in the readings that Walter Mercado was doing you would get slapped on the back of the head. You get slapped 
on the back of their head, they will have a pain. They have a pain. You get smacked on the 15 times. 15 times they don't care. It, 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 it's the astrology. It, it, same thing with the numbers. Same thing with them numbers. If they slap you on the back of the head. You better go somewhere and work with your father or play stickball or wall ball with your friends. Don't you dare interrupt them with that with that priest. She see what, what, what that do. He gonna smack you on the side of the head. That's serious, folks. So now we got the background. It's connected to the election. The Astrology Podcast has been talking about the election of what is the presumed winner, Joe Biden, for a while. They were not sure about who was going to win the election. It was leaning towards Biden. Some say Trump. Others said this. They said astrology was meant to figure out about plagues. When they started this astrology, it's one of the last particular entities in the occult, how we say, toolkit that came out about watching the stars. And this is one of the last particular things about predicting who's going to be president of the United States. So one of the things they have is something called benefic and malefic. On Twitter, there used to be a user called Ball of Heaven. They used to talk about these things, but he has been gone for a while. And some of his things, they talk about generational astrology because they have to add some planets to like Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, which is now a dwarf planet. There's some confusion between where Tessarian says Pluto will still have certain importance, more importance as things go along, while Greer is saying Pluto is no longer going to become important because they've already designated as less than a planet. It's now a dwarf planet. So there's a little bit of a tussle between Tessarian and Greer on where Pluto is going to be set up. Now I know we're talking crazy, but bear with me here, folks. Please, please, bear with me. What I'm trying to explain on this particular aspect, on this particular teachable moment, is that Greer, on his Patreon and Subscribestar pages, because they've been talking about the election, had a reading of a chart of someone that would be born, a natal chart that will be born on January 20th, 2021. That is how one figures out what is going to happen in the person's life, that particular thing, and how their transits are going to go through and all the rest of it. Like a little bit of a scripture of your life and all these other things, book of the uh, book of uh, who was the sinner and who ain't the sinner, that sort of thing. But it doesn't tell how the life is going to set up just general idea so instead of you so it's not really a, a natal chart but it's a different type of chart 
electoral chart of what is going to happen, what is going to be on that day. Ever since he has done this astrologically charts for the past several years, he has never seen anything so malefic as this chart. He says it's so bad. He cannot believe this thing exists. It has rarely been seen. Rarely. Astrology Podcast has hinted from September about next year and the years afterwards, up to 2022. And they're saying the exact same thing in different ways, but they have not reached January 2021. I think one of them that is doing the podcast is doing on one of their particular shows, which they went from Patreon, which is now free on um, YouTube, is talking about that next year. I did not listen to it too much because they started talking about woke stuff, which is really hurting everything on that nature. But what it's basically saying is that Woe is the man that puts the hand on the Bible on noon, on noontime on January 20th, 2021. Woe is the man. He makes it explicit this is a political, economic, and institutional breakdown that starts that day. It is going to get bad. The person that puts their hand in the Bible, it is presumptively Biden will never have a peaceful day in office. That being said, he also states that this gets reversed if the person dies in office and then a new chart has to be set up. The new chart charts what that person does in the four years or the, the rest of the three years that he, that person has as president of the United States and how it will affect the country. The only thing he said that is good from this chart is that the majority of the American people will not be affected so much from this disaster. But he did say that the entertainment industry is going to go through some shit that it has never gone through before. That the elites are going to go through some shit. That whatever there are foreign influences behind some of the bullshit 
that could lead into a protracted war. This thing was similarly done in the 1960s, but certain planets did not fit, which means the 60s could have been worse if it was this particular chart. Breakdown of America, it was game over in 1968. The signs were not there. The signs were not there when Kennedy was there, and then when Kennedy passed away, a new sign came up. The signs were completely different on that particular day. They're still trying to do some research, trying to collect uh, all these uh, all these things from his Dreamstar page to see if there's any sort of connections where they will have some historical record of all of these things. But he also says, economic-wise, the chickens have come home to roost. You didn't need astrology, folks. Carl Denninger has told y'all, 2024, the economy is going to collapse because of the health insurance. Bullshit. And it is kept alive if you hear the other particular Uh, um, teachable moment concerning teachable moment concerning COVID and the possible other origins of COVID-19 that you are in bigger trouble than you realize with this. And speaking of COVID-19, the chart states that anything that concerning with health, that this will pass. But we're going to be dealing with the fallout of COVID-19 very soon. The fallout is immense, folks. But you didn't need me to tell you this. Called Energy said in 2024, this whole shit goes bankrupt, goes parabolic, it's over. Motherfuckers flee. It's over, boys. Remember, this chart changes if a president leaves office or there's many people dying. Or people die in office. So, this is the game. So, I even said this. I don't need a chart to say that this thing was going down. But... In certain ways, I'm not shocked. He, uh, Michael Greer also, John Michael Greer also says this is connected to December 14th when the electors come in. And wherever this thing leads, it leads towards bullshit. And people better get their hearts ready. Because America is going to go through some shit that is not gone through in a long time. They also called something a Pluto return. And that America is now have reached the time of Pluto returns. And Pluto in this particular sense is the unwanted house cats that's come around and said, hey, bruh, bruh. What's up, bro? 
I haven't seen you in 240 years. Yeah, you remember them all the day? You were fine and doing all that. What happened to you, man? You got a little bit drunk, man. Uh, 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 you lost some of your friends, man. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. What happened to your leg, bro? Man, you got a little bit fatter, man. Come on, man. Yo, what the fuck is this, man? What happened to Columbia, man? Oh, damn. What the fuck? Yo! Yo, what you do, bruh? Uh, 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 where are the, uh, all the old and old dudes? I'm watching you from the side. The fuck is this? That's what Pluto does. That's what Pluto does, basically. It goes like, what the fuck is this shit? No, 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 this shit gotta be cleaned up. Get, 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 get this shit out of here. That's what Poodle does. But guess what? We're at that point where Poodle's coming back and motherfuckers better start figuring out what the fuck they're gonna do. This is a generational thing as well. So all these, they are affected by this particular chart unless the leader of the free world passes through sickness or assassination. What he basically says is Trump back down. Don't touch that Bible on January 20th, 2021. You will have a better chance at 2024. Biden come in. You won, put your hand on the Bible. I wish you luck. Or the 14th comes around, the bullshit happens. Nobody got nothing by the 20th and nobody's there. Has anybody thought about that? If nobody's there, there is no constitution. The constitution's gone. What happens after that? Chaos. Institutional destruction. Folks, you didn't need chick crack to tell you that America is going to go through some shit. The next post that Michael Greer talked about was about Johnny Appleseed. And I'm going to read a little bit of it from his page on Dreamworth, which is a message board system. Given all the yammering about identity in um, in today's America, you'd think there would be some discussion about what an American identity might be. What are we instead are given two tired and wilted bundles of cliches, one from each side of the political spectrum, which most people have long since stopped taking seriously. On the one hand, we got the geriatric Americanism of the early 20th century, replete with founding fathers, historical events that most people barely even remember anymore. 
On the other side, we got the almost equally geriatric anti-Americanism of the mid 20th century, 1968, when it started, 1973, when it was made whole in a lot of liberals after Kent State, which gets more time in the media now but which even fewer people buy into. That's why the corporate media tried to make a fetish of the 1619 project earlier this year. It was the last of the last ditch effort to prop up a failing narrative and will have no more effect than Brezhnev's attempts to revitalize communism in the Soviet Union's diminutive days. The problem with both of these superannuated narratives is that both are designed primarily to support different versions of the political and social status quo. The old Americanism was meant to prop up the American status quo from 1900 the world of machines, chambers of commerce, and government by and for the well-to-do by selecting out those details of American history that could be twisted to that purpose and ignoring every single part of the rest. The other side is an anti-Americanism meant to prop out the American status quo circa two that is starting from 1968. The other one is from 1868. Reconstruction, that sort of thing. Goes back to the Civil War. And then this thing leads from 68 to 2000, which starts the new idea. But then you get the situation with uh, Gore versus Bush. The world of managerial cities. Corporate media and power and publicity hacks in a lab cults claiming to speak for science by doing the exact same thing. Neither one of those offers the basis of a workable national identity because both fetishize slowly the aspects of the national experience that support the political agenda of their proponents. The former by insisting that everything will be fine if we just let the kleptocratic rich go on making money, the latter insisting that everything will be fine if we just let the managerial class go tell everyone else what is wrong and how to fix it. I think most Americans realize by now that if we let any group to do whatever it wants to do, everything will not be fine. As Einstein famously commented, you can't solve a problem with the same thing that created it. And of course, that is what both sides in the culture wars consist, insist on doing. There are various ways to show the country into that dysfunctional binary out of a stalemate. Most of them involves a lot of shed blood. And John Michael Greer would rather prefer to avoid that if it is possible. The toolkit I know is based on based on traditional Western occultism, which is somewhat that which is a lot of it is connected to Christianity. 
he decided if it was possible to move some energy from the direction of a vision of American identity that wasn't rooted in the cravings of another privileged class or even more power than they already got already. There needed to be an image to celebrate the concept of liberty, not that a political commodity dolled out by politicians or bureaucrats, but something that people enacted themselves. He wanted an image that celebrated individual liberty, not the privileges of this or this biologically cultural divine group, but a space of possibility in which individuals can do what they wish, no matter how eccentric it might be, as long as it doesn't harm anyone else or force anyone else to pay their bills. Then he talks about Johnny Appleseed. It is a fascinating idea he had. And I think it is absolutely beautiful. And I think it's one of the ways Disney can survive the disasters that are about to befall on them. Johnny Appleseed's prayer. Some may not want to hear it. Some might. But I think it's very interesting that he posted that thing on the moment that he talked about that ingress. That chart. About the future of politics in our country. That is where we're headed. And it's sad. I will update this because I think it's interesting to note this on an upcoming episode of Beyond This Earth. I will update this again when we return from the specials as we reboot a lot of stuff that we want to reboot. I will then do something a lot different concerning all of this. Some parts of it I just mentioned earlier. But even an occultist like John Michael Greer, who respects. Christianity and Catholicism need to have some words about how men are going to survive this society and to get over the bullshit of this over-feminized society. And he might have an opening, a signpost, nevertheless, but an opening for some who want to see more than just the physical. Something something to think about. Thank you for listening to Teachable Moments. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your radio shows. 
This is Novit Hollerback. We'll be back next time. Take care, and we will see you soon. Unteachable moment.